of season two of the Loud and Clear podcast. You're joined by me, Loretta Valonga, host, podcaster, everything woman, and of course, a special guest. Today we have Manish on, which I found out is actually pronounced Manish. And we're not going to say his... No, apparently it's actually really offensive, Manish, to <laughs> to say to someone, oh, I'm not even going to bother pronouncing your surname. Apparently it's actually better to pronounce it and say it wrong. What do you think? I think, yeah, you've got to pronounce their surname as as they want it. Yeah, same as their first name. So, for example, imagine you've seen somebody's name for you to say, oh, I'm not even going to bother trying to say that. That's actually a very English thing that people do, guys, I promise you. Anyway, we've got Manish on. Manish, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on today. Super excited. I'm excited to just chat to you. Yeah, I think it's been a while since we caught up. Yeah, I'm like ready to rock and roll. I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about how Manish and I met, if I can remember. Well, we actually went to university together. I won't be saying the name of the university because some of y'all are stalkers. But we went to a very highly ranked university somewhere somewhere in Inglaterra. Somewhere in, in you know, Inglaterra, Inglaterra, you know, you know, you know. I like to speak <laughs> a little bit of Spanish because I don't know if you know Manish, but I actually lived in Colombia for like six months last year. I don't know if I've mentioned that. Oh, yeah, you mentioned that. And your <laughs> Spanish has gotten so good, I must say. Lo sé, lo sé, habla muy bueno español. <laughs> <laughs> I met Manish actually a few years after I graduated university it was at a mutual friend's birthday can I just say that this friend let's call him Sanjeev always picked (laughs) the most it's funny because that's not his name and we're not being offensive but he would always pick the most expensive restaurants I'm sorry I love him Sanjeev you're my homeboy you know from now into the next lifetime but listen, why am I why am I spending sixty pounds on dinner and I didn't even drink? I'm a little bit dense. Is this okay? I think I know who it is. Yeah, yeah. I know who Sanji. We've got a lot of friends that always book really expensive dinners. That's <laughs> would go to these dinners. There was one in Cannon Street. There was one in Mayfair one year, and I would just I would just leave as a broken person. <laughs> You know, Manish and I connected once at one of these dinners. I think we met initially at the first one and I was kind of like, oh, he's okay. And I think the next year I was like, I quite like this guy. Not in a romantic way, guys, get your minds out of the gutter. But I was like, I'll grow up. (laughs) Which is actually, I've actually found out that Sanjeev's catchphrase It is, it is. You scammed it from him. (laughs) (laughs) This has brought back so many vivid memories. I remember exactly sitting down next to me in the baba ganoush with you it was at i think a restaurant called levant at the time yes the one in mayfair this is definitely sanjeev now i know who sanjeev is <laughs> was that your bloody way of... sanjeev <laughs> was that your way of I... trying to get to who sanjeev was without saying you know, i just i just i laughed because i had a there was two people in my mind but because you said Sanjeev and there's a bit of cultural appropriation going on there, I was I was kind of swayed. Actually, I have three people in my mind. Three people? Three? Yeah. Tres? Yeah. No, 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 no. Tres. 
Today's face on ads. No, 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 no. So, what Manish and I are going to be doing on this episode, we're going to be discussing what it means to be a man, what my perspective of what it means to be a man is, what Manish's perspective being a man is. I'm realizing that I'm calling you Manish and not Manish. Let me let me correct that. But Loretta, yes, um, you've been me. very sweet as to say my name like my mum says it, but I'm very happy being called Manish. <laughs> I don't know why you spoke about that in the first place. I was very confused. <laughs> I really like how you said it the way my mum says it. Right, well, okay, guys, you know, scratch that. We're reverting back to Manish. You know, we're going to bastardise the poor guy's name. You know, let's just keep it rolling. This episode, we're going to be chatting about what it means to be a man, what my perspective of being a man is, and what Manish's perspective of being a man is. So you're probably thinking what it means to be a man. That's a broad topic. You know, you probably also think that I'm going to spend the best part of 45 minutes shitting on what it means to be a man and men in general. There's time for that. (laughs) It's coming, don't you worry. But I think the first thing I would like to talk to you about, Manish, is I know a guy. Let's call him Dave. Dave is a guy that I know of. Well, he grew up in he grew up in lots of different countries. I said to him, "Yeah, so I'm I'm going to therapy to work out X Y Z issues that were probably given to me by X Y Z person." Mm-hmm. And then he was struggling with something quite deeply. You know whether or not to break up with his girlfriend because you know after after three enough years he realised that she was not a Muslim girl from Pakistan. God damn it, Dave! I know. And when she said, "Yo, when am I gonna meet the fam?" He was like, "Oh, um." Well, the point being was that he struggled a lot with it. And then I mentioned, have have you ever thought about speaking to someone professionally, you know, like a therapist? And he said, direct quote, guys, I'm not going to therapy. I'm not a pussy. Initial thoughts. I think, you know, any relationship problems, especially if they have been given that much time, I think Dave was in a pretty difficult place from what you've explained. I think his response just straight away indicates that he probably just doesn't know a lot about therapy and there's a lot of in his world probably a lot of attachments to therapy being a negative thing what do you think what he said was it was shocking because my first thought was so do you think i'm a pussy and then my second thought was pussies aren't weak pussies are strong yeah they're real strong exactly (laughs) and then my next thought was what he said is so back then i used to have a very black and white view on the world you know okay it was right and there was wrong and i still can i still am a little bit like that and when he said that i just thought well this is what it means to be a man i knew no men in therapy i knew no men suggest therapy and Mm -hmm. if i'm gonna be super frank because this is a no rules podcast the first time a man spoke to me about therapy it was a white man you know that i was fucking but that's not important (laughs) that was the first person because a friend of mine had passed away did he mention it while you were doing the dance of love no 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 it was it was afterwards let me let me take us on a little let me take us on a little side road for a second so let's go let's go i was on a dating app and i matched with and we then went to this really cool bar for for a date for our first date and yeah he wasn't drinking at the time so he just had a coke and we spoke a little bit in some really uncomfortable chairs and then i was ready to leave and then he was like okay i'll leave too i'd made him drag his ass across london after work at like 9 p.m yeah and i said would you like to come home with me 
And we went home. Yeah. We did the things that adults do when when they go home together. You made each other a cup of tea. Exactly. And we prayed. Wait that. Prayed. Thank you. Very nice. And what was really unfortunate was that I had no intention of having sex with him that day. So my room was a state. It was like (laughs) vagina stained underwear everywhere. I'm talking. Dishes. You know, sometimes maybe you'll have a little dish near your bed. Manish, no. It was, it was, it was, it was towers of dirty dishes. It was not dancing of love friendly exactly. or maybe it was i don't know no, there's no judgment wasn't. here i had to put him in my front room and then go i'm really sorry but i've got to kind of clean my room you can't see it this way and i remember just walking out of my bedroom holding all of these like dishes and a chicken bone then fell on the floor and i remember feeling <laughs> the most embarrassed i felt in my whole life right and he was you know he was really nice about it i gave him a juice and he sat on the chair and he waited for me and we did our thing and then when i saw him a few weeks later to have more sex i then had to explain listen i'm not like this disgusting person you know i'm not like i'm not like one of those people you see on channel five you know i've not got problems you know i've not got problems you're not like a hoarder or anything exactly it was just what had happened was that i was having quite a difficult time and he then Mm -hmm. suggested have you thought about going to therapy to discuss what you're going through and i mean the nigerian in me was like huh and Mm. then the woman in me was shocked to hear that advice come from a man because the men that i had previously dealt with would just go oh yeah you're gonna be cool you're gonna be okay go and drink some water all things i've been told but for someone to say i do not have the tools to help you right now yeah you should consider going to therapy it shocked me and i guess i want to know where do you stand on therapy and men talking about mental health is it something that's discussed in your circles firstly say especially in the last year going back to my hometown with my childhood friend jack that's j-a-t everyone calls him jack very open and i've learned a lot from it just through the process of sharing your mental health the struggles that you go with and i think it's really one of the one of the best tools we have as a human to deal with those problems and this kind of goes in more like the bracket of mindfulness so talking about it journaling meditation though that kind of the sharing the sharing of your problems through conversation you can then also start to discover other tools um that can help so i think being open about it you know it's it's a it's a no-brainer for me at this point so kind of just talking to your friend and saying things like you know i'm struggling with xyz i'm feeling down i'm feeling low and especially like where we're a group of four guys let's say and immediately there's there's that you know they can relate but there's also compassion in their response and that's really important i don't think you have to relate to someone to give them that compassion but but when when i have connected with my friends in that way there's a real weight lifted off my shoulders i guess i could put it that way so i'm going to say another rogue thing so i'm going to say another rogue thing and i just think that you and your friendship groups are just evolved men because the things in which you were saying i'm just not really accustomed to and a lot of people are probably going to give me some shit about this about how i'm generalizing the male population blah 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 but scientifically men have smaller i'm gonna say amygdalas hypothalamuses frontal lobes don't know you know took biology to year 12 and let that shit go but you have a smaller part in your mind which means yes you can feel everything that i feel you can feel everything but you literally do not know how to tell me Mm -hmm. and so i think for you your group to have gone that step further to say let's push through our you know, our ecological evolutionary barriers and let's be people who can really connect and really discuss the things that are going on with each other because I think I said it in a previous episode where 
Suicide is the highest killer in men under 40 in the UK. I think it might be the same in Merca. Wow, that's crazy. And I think that's insane, you know? Just this yeah, concept that's of, you know, it's not car accidents, it's not heart disease, it's not people being murdered that's killing most of these men. It's that they're struggling to express something. Yeah. And they then don't know what to do. And I think about some of the men that I've dated and how I remember one guy, he... Whenever he was angry with me, he found it difficult to express his his anger. And don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, he got very easily frustrated. You know, he was Nigerian. We well, we're always frustrated. <laughs> no, we are. I, I I'm so easily agitated to the point where I've had to, I've had to work on it because literally, I, it's so easy to rub me the wrong way. <laughs> but he kind of just had emotions of I feel hungry or I feel tired. And then when I would do something to upset him in a relationship, I'd say, hey, baby, what have I done wrong? And he would go, nah, nothing. And I would go, hey, are you sure? Nah, nothing. A couple of days later, hey, you've still been acting a little bit weird. Like, have I done something? Nah, nah, nothing. And then he fucks my sister. That's, that's a, that is a lot to process. And okay, he that didn't is an actually awful fuck situation. my sister. Yeah. He didn't actually fuck my sister, but he would do something so rogue That's diabolical. and disproportionate. Yeah. Right? No, I know, but do you know it's actually really common for spouses to cheat with their like in laws? That's actually super common, but that's a story for another day. Oh god, this sounds like Star Plus. <laughs> well hear, hearing it from you. The fuck? No, honestly, it's so common. It happens all the time. And it's like... Keeping my sisters locked up. No, no, let me tell you something else that's going to unsettle you. Oh, wait, that wouldn't make my sense. Friend is a full, my friend is a full-service sex worker, and she said 90% of her clients are married, or 85% are married, or something crazy like that. So you're not safe. No wait, hang on. D- just to clarify, her friends are doing the same job as her. Like, they're, no, they're all in the sex about, working industry. She's just talking about her clientele. Oh, her clientele. Sorry, her I didn't clientele. quite understand. Yeah. And so being married, that, no, that that's not security. You know, marriage mm-hmm. doesn't mean I've made it, you know? Mm-hmm. But I just question what it would take to shift ourselves into a society where men opened up more. Because I know that there's some things, you know, some phrases that we need to delete are, and okay, I, okay, I was younger, but I've said it. When I've been frustrated, I've been like, oh my God, could you not just be a man, right? And I think it's something that we shouldn't say to men. That kind of voice inside your mind is, and that was your programmed response. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. because don't get me wrong I was really annoyed and it's not an excuse but I think about what it means to be black people question my blackness a lot they're like oh god Loretta's so white and it took a really long time for me to become comfortable with the fact that being black is what I decide it means there isn't this list listen to Kendrick Lamar listen to Lauren Hill like chicken you know which I think some people and other black people think that that's the criteria oh needs to have braids needs to have weave go to wireless every year things that make you a black person but what makes you black is well well, you're black and i think it's the same with oh you should be a man so many people have this strange concepts about what it means to be a man and so if i was to ask you what do you think from your perspective it means to be a man what would your response well i'd say it's a bit of a targeted question in the way i feel like if i start answering it with tangible traits then it would you know form this idea identity of man 
And I think that's that's where I kind of have a different view, maybe, which is like man and woman. These concepts to me are I'd like to think mainly biological. OK, so, yeah. um, you know, you, you, you both got kind of uh, different bits and bobs, different systems. And biologically, there's there's definitely different, I'd say, struggles, mainly from a woman's side that they have to go go through. The rest of it is kind of and when we're talking consciousness and and maybe psychologically uh, uh, your uh, your psychology is mainly your choice once you become an adult so every there's definitely a blueprint in society there's definitely a blueprint in the background that i've grown up in coming from a traditional punjabi uh, family in britain where it's kind of mum's the home worker mum supports dad in every way dad's the breadwinner and there's that dynamic but maybe it's living in england maybe it's my own choices i think once you become an adult and you realize that there's now your choice to to either be a, under, understand whatever you perceived as identity from that blueprint and then also decide whether you want to be attached to it or not um i think that's really interesting you know because my follow-up question to you is if your wife earned more money than you how would that make you feel i'd like to split my response into actions and thoughts Okay. okay. I'd like my action to be proud and I would encourage her and support her in whatever she's doing. Okay. Thoughts on the other hand, I'm not perfect. I've known to be jealous. I've known to also, I know myself, like I want to earn, you know, I, I want to be equal. I think equality is really important in my mind and having that shifted salary would probably be difficult for me. But I would like the outcome to be, I support you. I love and support you. And I'm proud that you're, you know, you've pushed yourself and you're earning this much. I think you've given a really truthful response. And I think you've given a very ideal response as well. Because I think about my partner and if I earned more money than him, which I currently do, he's just like, fuck yes. I can be a house husband, you know? That's that's, that's his response. He's putting up his feet, yeah. Exactly, and I know someone else who also shares that view entirely. In fact, he said, I want her to make more money than me because I am tired of working. You know, that's probably every feminist wet dream, right? Oh yeah, a man that's going to propel me up. And that's fine, but also you must realise that some of these things came with a level of adjustment. My partner, for example, when we first started dating, and I would, for example, pay for like this week's dinner that was something that actually made him feel super uncomfortable so he was like i've grown up in a culture he's colombian because I, I don't know if you know manish but i actually like lived in colombia for six months oh uh, yes yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, so my partner's colombian and so when we would go out for dinner i would pay sometimes and i would mm-hmm. also pay because the conversion rate it was like 50p like for me yeah. it was literally 50p sometimes but for him he it was an adjustment because he would say he'd say no but in my culture women don't pay men pay for everything what at all and when especially when you're first courting a girl certainly i met a girl recently two girls actually and one of them their experiences in thailand and another one her experiences in colombia the girl from thailand she she said that when she would date men from Thailand, they would go for dinner and they'd arrange everything. And, you know, they she would be, she would partake in the event, you know, so she wouldn't just expect a guy to take her to this fancy place. She would say, this is a place that I think we could both afford. Let's go. And then he would leave all of his cards and his money at home in his house because he would expect her to pay. And that's that culture, whatever. I think it's a little bit to do with the, oh, I'm dating someone foreign. And I remember telling my partner about this and he was like, that's ridiculous. In Colombia, 
Colombia, if you're dating a girl, you've caught a girl, you take her out. Whereas I think with me growing up here, I can count the times where I've been on a date and someone else has wanted to pay because I also take a lot of pride in paying for myself as well. Yeah. So I do think your response is is actually the norm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with your response either because there's that element of the household in which you grew up in. You know, your dad worked, your mum was the matron of the house. And also what it's like with all of your family and all of your friends, for example, how perhaps there's that shift of men earn more. Even in, even in fucking society, you know, if we did a fucking bar graph of what women make and what men make, it's completely different. So I understand where you're coming from. And it's not just you. I know women who say, I, who have gone as far as to say, I think my man is less of a man if he earns less than me. Hmm. I haven't seen that side, but I've seen the side of older guys, particularly in their like sort of 35 and above, if where their partner's earning more than them and it, it's emotionally battering for them. You know, I, I have seen that hmm. side. And I think the main trend I'm seeing through every one of these situations is, is you know, which couple's going to communicate? Wh- which one's going to actually stick their hand up and say, look, I'm proud of you, but I'm finding it difficult. They should not be finding it difficult. No, but sometimes love has its complexities. Like this is not, I'm not really talking about a two, three month early relationship here. I'm talking seven, eight years in. What I'd classify as more of a long-term relationship. You know, you love each other. You've gone through all these other battles and crossed these bridges. And this is a new bridge to cross. Because it's not as simple as, oh, he shouldn't be feeling that. I'm not with him. It's like at this point, you've got a kid. You know, you've got house. You've got tangible things that are kind of connecting you. They, they don't have to be those things. Not like the symbol of love, but I'm just giving you a bit more of a picture of a couple of those people that I have met that have had that issue. So I think what you said here is important. And I think it tags on to what we're discussing, which you guys unfortunately were not privy to, <laughs> about this concept of dealing with conflict in a relationship. Because there are going to be things that you feel which are quote unquote irrational and are you're being a lot or are that's fucked all of these things are going to happen in relationships but what is a shame is that there isn't this obvious portrayal and consistent portrayal of people having this issue in a relationship and then dealing with it because you're right if I was in a situation where my boo or my girl, well, let's, well, my boo, let's, let's, my, my boo, yeah, my male boo for this situation said, where you make more money than me, it really bothers me. First of all, I would like to be approached with a level of, you know, candor. You know, don't be out here going, oh, you dirty bitch, you make more money than me because you fucked your boss or whatever, whatever men say to try and rationalize this in their minds. But if I was approached in a nice... That's very messed up. Whoever's saying that is extremely... No, some people, when people feel threatened, because what it is is that, to be frank, right, Mm -hmm. people retaliate and people say whatever it is they want to say. They say they grasp, they grasp at straws, I believe is is the fancy term. They think of whatever it is they can think of to try and rationalise the fact that internally they don't think they're good enough and that making yeah. money makes them feel good enough. And that's fine. You're not to blame for that point of view. You're really not. People have given it to you, but it is your responsibility to deal with it. And you can decide and you can decide how you deal with it. Do you want to approach your wife and be really naked or go to a therapist perhaps and say, hey, I feel like less of a man or I feel uncomfortable or I feel inadequate because my female partner earns more than me and when you can have that conversation that naked conversation I think that takes you so much further I think that takes you 100%. the way there yeah. in terms of dealing with what your problem is don't be saying 
quit your job. This is a com- this is a conversation that spouses have. Yeah. Oh, you make more money than me. I want you to stay home with the kids though. Why? Because but I make more money. Why why don't you stay? What doesn't make sense, yeah. Why don't you stay home with the children? And so I do understand you. Don't get me wrong, I'm very much someone who I would love for someone to make more money than me because just like my guy, I too am I'm tired. Don't want to work, yeah. but if someone else does make more money than me, then fine. Because I think it can even be flipped the other way round. My friend is in a relationship with a guy, whatever, and he makes more money than her, yeah. significantly more money than her, and it's difficult for her because she's from a bougie background, but she's trying to make it on her own right now, and she's kind of looking like, "How's this guy? No uni degree, making more money than me?" And all it is is a portrayal of her own insecurities when he got that pay rise that put him into six figures and she was at whatever number it was that she was at and she felt terrible about it because then when they were going on vacation she couldn't quite keep up and it's a conversation that needs to be had because what ended up happening was that when he got another promotion he then just didn't tell her about it he had to kind of hide his success yeah and then a few weeks later when slips through the cracks maybe a friend of a friend said she was then furious why yeah i can imagine that would be her I think moments like this are a really good way for any relationship to reflect on what's your love language. Yeah, because for a long time, especially remember with my first girlfriend, that blueprint was really strong. The one that I grew up with. Yeah, where the the man is the yeah. breadwinner. He he takes care of the woman. And I was noticing it on the six dates, first six dates that I went on. I really felt like I had to pay for everything. You know, that was my love language. Like I should be able to pay for every meal. We were like in university and I was shitty about it I would like complain I'd complain like internally to my friends to my housemates <laughs> like yeah like you know like you've got like a little manish inside you going bruv what are you doing what are you doing <laughs> and you're like I must I must do this this is the only way I, I can show my love and you know that's really changed that that's really changed over the last few years it's kind of maybe <laughs> maybe it's embracing uh not to embrace cheapness but there's actually really beautiful connections made in the absence of money i know that might sound pretty obvious but i mean like just doing things where it's not solely about the fact of how much you're spending equals the amount of equals the amount that you love them love languages are so important especially with someone like me who is in a I'm actually in a long-distance relationship, mm-hmm. and yeah. it is eight thousand eight hundred and forty kilometers. That's how far away it is. Yeah, <laughs> which is fucking far, right? I don't know what that is in miles. I guess it's less in miles, whatever, six six thousand miles. And so, what we've had to do is come together and identify what our mismatches are because I don't believe in that bullshit of I'm 100% compatible to my partner shut up just shut the fuck up (laughs) shut up one thing we did do was that you can actually take a test of what your love languages are online and surprise surprise mine are just touch me I just want to be touched I just want to be touched all the time you know physical touch I love it and that high five kind of thing no I just even if it's just like you wake up in the morning and you stroke my hair or like you give me a kiss or a hug I just I love it I want to be I want to be taken yeah touched and everyone has two which are the highest and then another one of mine is probably acts of service and I can't remember the last and my partners are completely different and because of that we've had to sit down and ascertain and develop a plan we've done a cost benefit analysis we've done a SWOT as well because we're both (laughs) no we have I'll show you the spreadsheet just to ascertain what some of our differences are and how you're going to bridge that but I think I think it's really interesting that you were like Oh, I feel the need to pay, but then also to complain about it. I think that is just... (laughs) 
Yeah, thanks, Dad. That came. That was all from him. You yeah. know, and I get it. I get it so much because I feel like my mother probably exhibited so much of that herself. Oh, I've got to raise these shithead children, but fuck them. You know, it was like <laughs> I have to do this, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> But it's what's really important though, and what I say, what I think makes you a really evolved man, is that you have learned so clearly from this. You're so self-reflective, which is so impressive because some people aren't. Some people just put their head in the sand and go, nah, 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 you're the problem. They go, nah, the relationship ended because of you or this, and it happens in friendships. This friendship ended because of you. You know, some people are such givers in friendships and maybe it's a little bit more complicated in male-female friendships or female female because I I don't know what it means to be in a male male relationship maybe you can tell us in a moment but just that kind of concept of oh I do so much for you and you haven't done this for me yeah because in my mind that just means that every time you do something you're angry about it you're like oh this this fucking pita loretta that I'm, I'm buying flowers for or oh i'm paying for her dinner <laughs> i'm getting so angry and that's how i how i imagine it and listen i'm not saying that someone should come and use you like a rag that's not what i'm saying i'm not saying you should do something for someone and then they must not be grateful or thankful or maybe repay you in some way along the line over the course of the years that's not what we're saying but what we are saying is you don't have to be number one you know in these yeah. relationships in these situations situations friendships whatever you don't have to be number one it's not a race it's not oh yeah but at the beginning i i i paid i just like to say it's really kind what you said i appreciate it but i also would like to say uh, maybe it's a bit of a pinch of salt kind of situation because uh, the way i see relationships is a bit you can reflect you can talk but once you're actually in one you're on the battlefield if that makes sense so it does different people are gonna react in different ways yeah i'm grateful for the relationships i've had they've all been they've all taught me a lot but i know it's it's completely different every time you're you're in in one it's true and it's something interesting about this concept of if you want to grow as a person and particularly be the best person possibly be yes some of that growth needs to happen whilst you're single but it also needs to happen in a relationship because there's only some there's only some things that you can learn when you're in one and again yeah I'm saying you need to come and use somebody like a rag don't use them like a dirty dirty cloth because that's not what we're saying oh yeah Yeah. oh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna poop on your carpet i'm gonna poo on your carpet because i'm I'm gonna use you as a rag exactly because oh yeah i'm learning no no one nobody is saying that no one's gonna do that do that (laughs) no my friend's fiance pooped on her carpet <laughs> to 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 stick it to them or by accident? No, listen. If it was an accident, I would still no. It still would sit kind of funny on my chest. But it wasn't an accident. They did it on purpose. That's a fifty-year-old fine in the in-betweeners. That's messed up. <laughs> It's messed like, up beyond repair. Around. You know, we're not saying, oh yeah, that's fine, it's learning. I'm that's it. For anyone listening, that please take that as a red flag in in the love language. <laughs> Actually, who the fuck am I to tell people what to do? It's your choice, but I will take it as a red flag. Exactly. I let no one shit on my carpet, and I've got a lot of carpet. You know what I mean? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> So that actually brings me onto this next bit that I think a lot of people are quite desperate for. What are your red, f- red flags? Um, do they make you feel ashamed of, of who you want to be? Oh, 
that's deep shit to mind is do they make you feel ashamed about your future self and with a lot of these things i just say that you know it's always your responsibility like things are going to work and not going to work with that person red flag doesn't necessarily mean they're a bad person it's just the fact that they don't fit with you and, and i'm talking about the real important important things here like for example a couple probably shouldn't be together if one of them wants to have kids and the other doesn't yeah my one is if i get that feeling of you know i feel a bit ashamed of doing who i want to be in the future maybe this person isn't right for me you know that's a big one and i'd say it is important to listen to your friends if she if he or she or them uh, sorry they are not sort of making an effort with your friends at least initially and it can be vice versa but those are like two really big red flags it's more like if i'm introducing her to my friend and she's just like uh that guy smells and my mates just come back from football it's like you know what here's an uber see you later go smell the uber I completely agree with you and I'll even go even further on the friend thing and say it's very important for me that my friends like my partner to the point where my friend called me out about it you know the people in your life are meant to love and protect you and support and so an element of their opinion does matter but I very much used to be someone who I used to be super close with my friends partners and then when their relationships blew up in all of our faces yeah it then put me in quite a difficult situation because obviously i'm still friends with my friend but now i've developed this independent friendship connection with with them yeah and Mm -hmm. now it's like oh well well bye then see ya and it wasn't until someone told me there doesn't need to be that oh friendship group where your friends are friends with your part that's happened to me more than once and i even on the flip side a friend of mine wasn't the biggest fan of someone i was dating once to the point where i confronted her and i went I want to believe in a nice grown up way but I said look I feel like you don't really like this person that I'm with and I just want to know what your opinion is and I want to know if there's a specific reason but it mattered to me and don't get me wrong my friend was really supportive and explained the situation but it mattered to me so much that they weren't close Yeah. and yes there's an element of I believe that if your friends and your partner don't mesh at all, maybe there's something you need to look at. I'm not saying that you need to go and throw this person 100%, in, but yeah. I think there's something you need to look at because your friends are such a reflection of you. Even if you're friends with someone who is really annoying and really mean, but you hang out with them every once in a while, yeah. there's a reason why you hang out with them. There's a reason why you might put up with certain behaviour. And it's a maybe it's not a reflection of all of your characteristics, but it, it still says something about you as to why you're oh, 100%. with someone who, yeah. you know what I mean? Why your friends with someone who drinks a lot that says something about you why are you friends with someone who likes to go to church for example all of these different things yeah all they are is a reflection of you you know yeah 100 percent. and this might sound a bit big nasty but um when you're gonna when you're gonna uh, when you're thinking of introducing a partner to a friendship group and you're second guessing that i think that is also a red flag that's also a red flag that you know are you treating this person right and maybe they're not the one it could also be your friends yeah it can be your friends too it could also and i think it's all my friends are great (laughs) it can't be my friends loretta they're all great thinking about it honestly i've not seen you since last year no 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 my god has it been since 2020 yeah it was just before i left you oh god we need to link up (laughs) wait wait that means different things in the streets i (laughs) forgot i'm in my hometown what does it mean what do you think it means versus what it actually link up on the street like what the kids are saying these days means you know meet up for dance of love right not can that. you delete can you can you take this out i really don't want to sound like such a neek on the <laughs> on the on the podcast okay in fact let's... leave it in you can leave it in 
Just scared. Like, if I end up being Prime Minister... I think we are certainly due a meet-up. You know, there are so many people who I haven't seen in so long. And in my defence, I do bounce in and out of the UK a lot. Which I'm very impressed by, because I did come from this tiny little shitty town, you know. And to know that I'm someone who now travels the globe and bounces around. Globetrotter. Yeah. I'm a globetrotter. Globetrotter. I think you've given us some really good insights today. I think we have learnt about what you think it means to be a man and i think even in that we've learned that you decide what it means to be yeah thank you so much i think it's been an absolute privilege to come on this like you've been super patient and just really sweet i thoroughly enjoyed it i think i learned a lot from you as well from like your experiences and seeing you know some of the insights that we've spoken about in conversation but now kind of bringing it to this platform and really having that space to to think about it methodically air it um yeah, thank you so much for having me on. We have Loretta as amazing IT support, you know, sorting all aspects of this podcast out. So yeah, very grateful. No, it was a pleasure and an honour to have you on Manish. So guys, that was season two. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. I now remember our Instagram name, Loretta. No, it's not even that Manish. I fucked it up. I fucked it up. It's not even our Instagram. It's not our Instagram. It's loud, spelled incorrectly. Don't